0: Use coupon code Kumute Radio at checkout to get ten percent off and support the podcast. Join me right now on Kumute Radio is Chad Hannicom. He is one of the top middleweights for Brave Combat Federation. You can catch him on September twenty-first at Brave sixteen, taking on Leon Aliu in Abu Dhabi. What's going on, Chad?
1: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
0: Now, let's first begin with your career. You know, you began in South Africa tearing through EFC in the light heavyweight division. Then you dropped to middleweight. Why did you decide to move down a weight class when a lot of guys are moving up a weight class?
1: Um, I think uh, in South Africa, we always had a plan with my coach to move to middleweight, even when I was fighting as an amateur, but... I think we, we knew once we took the, my career internationally that we'd be moving to middleweight. Um, it was a little easier in South Africa to, to fight at light heavyweight. And after having trained overseas and taken time out to travel and train, and we really saw that middleweight would be my best fit and home for me as I'm a really big middleweight compared to being like the average size light heavyweight. so. always it's always good to be as big as you can in your division so yeah like I think I'm one of the biggest biggest middleweights in the world in terms of height and reach and stuff so it was always going to play into my advantage so yeah that was a big fact in our decision
0: yeah you know what they say bigger is better (laughs) so they say (laughs) last March of this year uh, you made your promotional debut at brave 10 you dropped a split decision in that matchup many people believe that you won that fight do you believe that you were robbed of that decision
1: um yeah it was a, it was a pretty controversial decision um it it was a tough one when initially after the fight I, I knew it was really really close um I knew that the guy that I was fighting they kind of threw me in the deep end and I don't even think they expected the fight to go as far as it did, as because Ikram has basically torn through every single opponent. And I think when they signed me up, they thought, no, this guy's just going to be another number from South Africa. I don't think they thought I'd do as well as I did, and it was it was a tough one. I do believe when I watched the the fight a week later, um, I sat at home and I was like, damn, that was that was real tight. I think. The most fair, least controversial result would most likely have been to give it a split draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and on the night, it didn't go my way. I, I can't really complain about that because the old cliche, they say never leave it to the judges. Um, it was the first time having gone to a judge's decision and I obviously learned my lesson not to not to have that again or to... Try work things more favorably so that if it does ever happen again, that I get the nod, you know
0: Other than not going to the judges again What else did you learn from that fight that kind of helps you further your career?
1: I think I was a little too um, Technical-minded in that fight. I think I came in less aggressive than what I usually do and should I think I think I showed Ikram too much respect in terms of I'd hurt him a few times and I think I didn't capitalize on that, but I mean every fight that you fight you learn and They always say it's that you learn more from a loss than you do from any of your victories if you watch last night's fights with Darren Till and Tyron Woodley, I think Darren Till will be a much greater fighter having experienced um that defeat now and i think my coach and i worked on a lot of things after the ikram fight more in terms of it, it wasn't a skill set issue it was more just in terms of a, a strategy it's like st- st- strategically i think that's what we worked on a lot more and we kind of found out the type of fighter that i am and how far i can really take this thing you know
0: your second fight for the promotion, it didn't come easy. Two of your opponents pulled out and you took on Dominic McConnell on a week's notice. Going through all of that, has it made you mentally stronger?
1: It definitely made me mentally stronger. I think um, I actually went through over 10 opponents <laughs> within a week. Um so that was that was crazy. It was the craziest week of my life. I mean, I was sitting in Belfast and I was there. We'd done all the media, and we were trying to find an opponent like within forty eight hours so I'd never seen the guy. The first time I actually got to see Dominique was when I stepped in the cage, so it was quite crazy. um I think it really did make me mentally tougher and it did make me stronger and yeah, it was just it was just another obstacle that I think I had to overcome. And having overcome that, I feel I feel that I'm really capable of doing a lot now. You know.
0: Your next challenge at Brave 16, we, you'll be facing Leon. He's an undefeated prospect making his debut for the promotion. What are your thoughts of, on him as an opponent?
1: Um. You know, I've I've watched a lot on Leon and I've seen what he's capable of doing too. Um, he is an undefeated prospect, as I once was too, you know. And at some stage, everyone has to lose. I think he's a very instinctive fighter and he's more of a reactive than proactive fighter. So I think in terms of Of his skill set, he doesn't have any one area that he is particularly dominant in. I think he's more of an all-rounder and more of a a mixed martial artist than having come from one pure background. So he's obviously got areas where he's dangerous, but I don't see any part of his skill set that's really that threatening that you've got to say, okay, wow, this guy is like a knockout specialist or submission specialist. So he's got a bit of everything, so I've got to be aware and and be be conscious of everything while I'm in there. But I think I'll be able to to set traps for him and make him react to things in the way that I want to and I believe my fight IQ is a lot higher than his and I think I've trained with better people and I've travelled the world and seen a lot more than he has. I think He's never fought outside of Italy, if I'm not mistaken, and I think for me, having had more than 50% of my professional fights outside of my home country is a big advantage for me, and I think the fact that he's coming as an undefeated prospect from Italy onto the big stage, I think it's, it's him going to be under pressure because it's his first time on a, on a massive promotion, and... He's undefeated, so he's going to be fighting to protect the record, and obviously he wants to make his mark in the promotion. So it'll be a great fight, and I look forward to it. I don't look past him at all because I know that he brings a certain threat. So I'll be prepared.
0: Yeah, speaking of jumping on to the international stage, he has fought all his fights in Italy. You you ha- you fought in the states. And but Brave was your first time on the international stage, so you kinda took step by step, you know, to elevate yourself. He's just jumping right into it, right into the shark tank, right into deep waters. You know the feeling. What is that feeling like the first time you're in front of the worldwide audience?
1: I think there's a lot of things behind the scenes within a fight week that when you're fighting at home compared to when you're fighting internationally is a big difference i think you your routine firstly if you're fighting at home it's it's a lot easier because you're surrounded by family and friends and your support base and things that you're familiar with all the time are around you and basically fight week is made easy but now when you're fighting internationally you've got things to deal with like a travel factor um that sort of thing and then once you've traveled and you get to your destination you've got to settle in as quickly as you can while still cutting weight then you've got to uh you've got to complete your media obligations and then next thing is you you you're cutting final weight and then you you're weighing in in front of the world and then you've got to rehydrate and refocus and then you're in the big on the big stage and it's warm up and it's time to go so I think the little things that people don't see behind the scenes, which make a big difference when you're fighting internationally, I think even like with uh, – I use the example again like last night with Darren Till. He, he was so focused on things like a weight cut in media that it was one of the first times that he was actually fighting away from his, his comfort zone. I mean a lot of the big fights like the Wonderboy fight he fought – in Liverpool, in front of his home people, and you could see his performance then compared to the performance against Tyron Woodley. It, it was it was different, you know. I mean, I, I know he spent a lot of his camp. Uh, the end part was in the states at the UFC Performance Institute. So I think a lot of those a lot of those little things that you take for granted when you're fighting at home. Compared to when you when you're fighting internationally make a big difference, you know some guys like you say He's going straight into it. He may be able to cope with it and he may be able to soak up the pressure and and step up, but I think the thing is he's stepping up on a promotional level and an international level, but he's also Doing so against a much better opponent than anyone else that he's faced with all due respect to all the guys that he's beaten I um, I think I'll be able to present a whole lot of different things that he's never faced before so it's gonna be a lot at once for him and I don't think that he's gonna be able to he's gonna be able to deal with the pressure of the situation
0: he has won all his fights via finish you have also won all your fights via finish this seems like some good matchmaking by the promotion what do you think about
1: that yeah I think I think it's a great matchup for both of us I think he'll be a test for me and I'll be a massive test for him I do think like you say we've both got 100% finish rate and um, I think he's gone to the fourth round once I've gone the distance once it's really even if you look at it on paper but like I said I think in terms of skill set fight IQ Mm. and just maturity i think i'll be able to handle the situation a lot better than what he will be able to i think he's quite an emotional fighter so it's a good matchup on paper but when we're in there i don't think it's such a good matchup
0: (laughs) all right let's talk about fight fit militia in south africa could you explain or talk about the team and the coaching staff and how helpful they have been for you
1: so yeah it's uh under my coach richard kwan so we're coach kwan university Um, the coaching staff that we work with my head coach is richard kwan he's an absolute mastermind he's traveled all over the world with me when we've gone to international camps like we've been at hard knocks with henry Hooft, we've been an american top team team alpha male we've been pretty much at most of the big uh, grappling gyms too in new york so I think he himself in traveling, he actually learned that we're not far behind or I think we're actually on more of a level than we than we thought we were initially. I think even coaches like Henry Hooft, really him and Rich got really close when when we we're overseas and they're still in contact, so. I think that was a great confidence booster for the camp in general because we came back after all those trips and training and stuff and we're like, okay, you know what, we actually on this level with these guys where a lot of the time when you come from a smaller camp or an unknown camp in the world, like these big camps like Jackson's and Alpha Mill and those places, a lot of people have this uh, inferior complex when it comes to that. But now I think we got a real good thing going. I think we... We're gonna have another guy fight in the UFC on the 28th of October. We have another guy fighting on the Brave Card in Pakistan in October 28th as well, actually. So a lot of the guys from our camp are now shifting internationally too, which is which is great for us. So we're doing we're doing good things and we kind of like an undercover gym at the moment. But I mean, when guys from overseas, we have a lot of guys from SBG, and when guys are overseas. They come. They come over here to train with us in South Africa, and we have people that are are currently leaving their camp, like Extreme Couture, that are selling their houses and actually coming to train with us now because they're seeing the value of of how good the camp is and the coaching is.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of City Kickboxing in New Zealand. That camp has become somewhat of a name now in mixed martial arts but they've been grinding and grinding for years and years and years, kind of like under the radar, similar to what your fight camp is like. And it's just going to build up and build up. And eventually everybody's going to find out that your camp is top level.
1: Exactly. I think that's a great example. Like you say, like you just grind, you grind, you grind. And then all it takes is one or two good fights or big finishes on, on the right stage. And the world is watching. I mean, a lot of people at SBG, the guys that were the old dogs in SBG, like Paddy and those sort of guys, they were grinding way before Connor was even something. And all it took was a couple of good fights in the US, UFC for Connor to break through. And he broke through, and SBG became this worldwide phenomenon now, you know. So it's, it's like that, I think. It just takes one spectacular thing to happen from one individual from a certain gym, and the whole world sits up and takes notice. Definitely. The
0: middleweight title is vacant. Other than yourself, who do you see as some of the top contenders in a division you could face for the inaugural championship?
1: Yeah, it, it is a vacant belt. So it's an exciting division at the moment. I think the top guy at the moment, other than myself, is Ikram. I think he, he had another impressive win. Also on short notice um, at Brave, I think it was 14, when he faced, when he faced uh, I think, Joey Birkenbosch, if I'm not mistaken. And he put him away with relative ease. So I think he's the top guy in the division. And if I can finish Leon or get past Leon who I'm not looking past, then I definitely think that Ikram and myself are set to fight for that inaugural bolt, which will be a great a great matchup for for the fans and it's a rematch and like you said earlier, it was a it was a controversial first fight that could have gone either way. So I think having that fight over five rounds would be one for the ages.
0: Definitely always good to have a backstory for a fight.
1: Of course, yeah. Like, there has to be some history, you know? I think Ikram Ikram knows that he doesn't want to fight me again, and that's something that plays to to my advantage, because he knows what happened in that fight for three rounds. I think he got up after the third, and he was absolutely broken. And I know I had more in the tank. Like, I was just getting stronger as the fight progressed. So it would be cool to do it over five rounds. Obviously, both of us will be looking for a finish, but neither of us have been finished before. So I don't want to I don't want to jump the gun and and look at that fight yet because I know what lies ahead of me in terms of Leon and he's he's no bum. So I've got to focus all my attention as I have to get the job done on that and then regather and refocus if all goes well and make sure that we get that fight and make it happen
0: all right abu dhabi it's the number one contender bout man it's going to be exciting i'm excited for this fight i'm excited for you to compete again uh chad thank you for your time and uh, i'll catch you on the other side
1: thank you so much man i look forward to hearing from you after the fight